This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, August 21st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Trump says short-term pain worth it. Chairman bullish on Japan deal and case studies conservation boosts farm profit. Trump strap in for more trade war pain. President Donald Trump is warning there will be more pain from the trade war with China until the Chinese agree to an acceptable deal. Whether their trade war is good for our country or bad for our country short term, long term, it's imperative that somebody does this, Trump told reporters yesterday. He insisted he's not worried that the disruption will lead to a recession. He said China wants to make a deal, and that's good, but it has to be a fair deal to us. It can't be a deal that's not fair to us. This is something that has to be done, he said. As for his decision to delay until December 15th some new tariffs on China to help out companies like Apple, Trump stressed that it was temporary and suggested the iPhone maker should get out of China. If I didn't help them, they'd have a very big problem, said Trump. U.S. soy fights to maintain China connections. U.S. farm groups continue working overtime to salvage the relationships they have been building with Chinese buyers for more than 30 years. Kevin Scott, a South Dakota farmer and board member for the U.S. Soy Export Council and American Soybean Association, recently returned from China, where he said he spent much of the time trying to strengthen ties with buyers. He said in a blog post, I fielded a lot of questions about the trade situation between the U.S. and China, and I reiterated that the relationships we've built over the years haven't changed. Even when our governments disagree, we're still friends. There are misconceptions in China, including a belief that the U.S. wants to lower Chinese GDP, Scott said. I stress that this is certainly not the case. Why would we want to slow them down? We want our customers to succeed. Japan trade deal coming soon, Grassley says. Negotiations between the U.S. and Japan are taking place under the radar and should produce an agreement over the next two months, according to Senate Finance Chairman Chuck Grassley. Grassley and others have said they expect the two countries to first produce a deal in which Japan would lower tariffs on U.S. farm goods that are finding it harder to compete with exporters in the European Union and other Pacific Rim countries that already have trade deals with Japan. Trump still struggling with ethanol. Senior administration officials are taking another look at what can be done about biofuel usage in the wake of the latest round of small refinery waivers, according to industry sources. A White House meeting on Monday that we told you about in Tuesday's daybreak included Energy Secretary Rick Perry, Deputy Ag Secretary Steve Sinsky, as well as President Trump and Ambassador to China Terry Branstad, the former Iowa governor. Bloomberg reports that Trump went so far as to suggest rescinding the exemptions from the renewable fuel standard that EPA gave to 31 refineries earlier this month. While we're at it, Grassley suggested there is little lawmakers can do to stop the administration from issuing those refinery waivers. Trying to curb EPA's waiver authority legislatively, quote, might bury the whole RFS, Grassley told reporters. Trump taking longer look at aid cuts. The White House has delayed release of a package of budget rescissions that was expected to total $4 billion and include unspent funding for food aid and international ag development. 
the Office of Budget and Management was expected to issue the list of cuts yesterday, but Trump indicated to reporters that it could be several days yet. He said, we're talking to Republicans and Democrats about it. Why it matters? Once the list is released, the targeted funds would be frozen for 45 days until well after the agency's authority for spending the money expires September 30th. USDA cuts agency severance offer. USDA is slashing the separation benefits being offered to employees of two research agencies who refuse to move to Kansas City. The reason? So many employees of the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture declined to relocate if there wasn't enough money to pay each one $25,000 as originally planned. The one-time payments are being cut to $10,000 according to the application form. Employees who accept the money will have to pay it back if they go to work for another federal agency within five years. USDA Case studies show conservation benefits. USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service has issued a series of case studies that the agency says show cover crops, compost applications, and other practices can increase farm profits. The four case studies carried out with the American Farmland Trust include a corn and soybean operation run by Eric Niemeyer in Ohio. Niemeyer, a first-generation farmer, went no-till, started planting cover crops, and also switched to variable-rate fertilizer application technology. Since that time, his corn yields have increased from 165 to 195 bushels an acre and a soybean yield from 45 to 65 bushels an acre. Despite the increased costs from cover crops, he has increased his net annual revenue by $38 an acre, according to the study. A second study involved an almond orchard in California that Ralph Souter took over 14 years ago. He has increased his yield by 20%, in part by using compost as a nutrient source and also by relying on conservation cover to help control mites. He's increased his net revenue by $657 an acre, or over $76,000 a year. Enviro's challenge expanded use of B-toxic pesticide. EPA expanded the use of sulfoxiflor to crops such as soybeans, squash, cotton, strawberries, and citrus without, quote, substantial evidence to support its decision as required by the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rosinicide Act, two environmental groups say in a lawsuit filed in the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. EPA said in its July registration decision that the insecticide is highly toxic to bees and other pollinating insects, but the agency concluded that if the chemical is applied according to the label, there will be no unreasonable adverse effects to honeybees. The environmental groups say EPA failed to consider the impact of the chemical sold as transform and closer on more than 4,000 species of native bees. USDA adds paperless payment option for loans. The Farm Service Agency hopes a new electronic payment option will make it easier for producers to pay farm loans and other administrative fees. Producers are now able to use debit cards or automated clearinghouse debt payments. Prior to the paperless option, only cash, check, money orders, and wires were accepted. Yesterday's announcement is the first of a multi-phase rollout of new payment options. Eventually, payment flexibility will be expended to dairy margin coverage, administrative fees and premiums, and non-insured crop disaster assistance program fees, among others. 
Here's today's He Said It. Not only is the government not keeping its word, but it's also, in a sense, screwing the farmer when we already have low prices for grain. That's Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa on the EPA's granting of small refinery waivers from the Renewable Fuel Standard. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, August 21st. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.